Are you a big fan of Anna Kendrick, Mark? Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? I, I think I probably am quite a big fan of Anna Kendrick. Have you, have you ever seen her on an interview? She always just seems like an absolute loose cannon. Yes. And yeah, I, quite yeah. enjoy, I quite enjoy people that don't take themselves too seriously, even when those people are particularly successful. That makes it even better. I think she's been in the industry since she was a kid. I'm sure I've seen footage of her, probably on YouTube, um, where she's seeing a live musical theatre number at some sort of uh, awards or an event when she was very young. Yes, I've seen this um, as well. Which I think she like, she originated a role in like 42nd Street or something. Okay. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty much making all that up, but no, it's no, something no. like that. Because she was not that young. Uh, <laughs> have you ever seen the film Camp? No. You haven't seen Camp? No, but I feel like I've done a disservice to myself and my community. <laughs> you will love it. So it's about a drama camp, a musical theatre camp uh, that's on every summer. And uh, it's they're all obsessed with Stephen Sondheim and it's all Stephen Sondheim music throughout yeah, it. Yeah, why wouldn't you Have be? you not heard of it? Anyway, and Anna Kendrick's in it. And she's young, like she must be about 15 yes, or something. Uh, <laughs> what is your phone saying? It's looking up songs by Stephen Sondheim. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I apologise. But yeah, no, you, you have to see it because yeah, she sings um, Here's to the Ladies Who Lunch. You know, and she does an amazing version of that in it. But uh, And then you see, you, you watch that and it's done um, at a budget, let's just say. Yeah. <laughs> but the soundtrack is amazing for camp. I've, I've made people watch it um, before and when the end credits come up, they just sit there in shock about what they've just watched and how <laughs> dull it was. But because the character, there is no character development. If you think about every person, when they come into the film, when they introduce their characters developed, oh, sorry, introduced, and then by the end of the film, you realise when you think about it, none of them have learnt anything. They're all, <laughs> they've all pigeonholed pigeonholed themselves into a character and they didn't develop at all you know the exact same the person. music's amazing you know you've got, to, you've got to see it camp so i think i even made a circle of friends watch it like we had like people on you know there was a lull at the party I said oh let's put a film on like, yeah put a film on. <laughs> mm. it sounds very niche it's very niche yeah very, it sounds very niche very niche um but um as we were talking about martinis and anna kendrick I'll, uh, I'll, I'll tell you my wee story. So, um, in A Simple Favour, this Blake Lively film, yes. there is this scene, and I think I've just never been as attracted to a woman as I was to Blake <laughs> Lively in this scene. And the two of them are sitting like at the breakfast bar. Breakfast bar is like the huge mansion. It's like this marble island. Breakfast bar is doing a disservice. But they're sitting there having these martinis, and Blake Lively says something along the lines of like, Oh, like this is rubbish. We need we need to move on to the proper stuff. We need a proper martini. And Anna Kendrick's character is quite naive, and she's like, "Well, are these not proper martinis?" And uh, Blake Lively does this whole thing about like um, she like misses the glass with the lemon zest, and she puts the vermouth in it from like what looks like an old like vinegar bottle to me. Gorgeous. Like you know these these kind of like like almost looks like an upside down light bulb with like the little stopper. She like shakes vermouth in this glass, swirls it around, and then throws the vermouth across the floor. And Anna Kendrick's going to pick up a cloth, and she's like, "Don't you." Mop that up, <laughs> and then she pulls the big bottle of uh, I think it's aviation gin out of the freezer and pours them in the glasses, and that's her proper martini. And the the whole kind of sequence, gorgeous, yeah, so good. That was uh, that aviation that gin was 
in the freezer. That's why it's, it's a good shape for freezers. Yes. But uh, we pulled it out the other day because we need space in the freezer. We only have some more. And uh, do you know when you pull liquid out of the freezer and it does that, like on the outside, it gets that, like the ice basically. Yeah. Arthur came along. <laughs> He's like, what's happened to the gin? I'm like, I just touched it as if I was the ice queen. Oh, sorry. That's a cat in the background, guys. Hi, cat. But yeah, so we don't have any uh, gin in the freezer now, which is good because, you know, I am trying to only drink on the weekends. I'm tr- yeah, I'm trying to cut down. I'm on this health kick. Yes. Health kick. Um, which is slowly, slowly destroying me. I've realised that actually the secret of my fitness pal is being so bored of having to put your food into it that you just stop eating. Like, okay, I just, yeah, I can't. Just, I'd just rather not have dinner than have to <laughs> plot in how many grams of butter I'm using. Yeah, it's quite... Have you, like, have you ever had to track your food before? Um, No. No. no, I've not. Although I quite, um, I find it hilarious because I went through a couple of phases. I've been quite body conscious and then like downloading my fitness pal. And it seems every time I download it, my new goal weight is the weight that I was at the last time I downloaded it. Oh, I it. see. And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't, like, I need to lose two stone. I need to lose two stone. Like, no, I, like now I really need to lose two stone. You look great. No, but I guess everyone wants to, um, you know, feel good about improve, themselves. Feel, feel good about themselves yeah. and improve and stuff like that, you know. And I, I, I'm always having to have words with myself if I, you know, if I'm not feeling, feeling myself, not feeling 100%. Because, and I always have to, not to get too deep, and we've talked about not getting deep, and I'm not going to get deep. But basically, I, uh, you know, I always have to say, well, I'm not competing. You know, I'm not competing in anything. I'm not like entering a physique competition or a body li- a weightlifting competition or anything like that. So just relax. Yeah, so, yeah, 100%. That's a good outlook. I mean, you've already got your other half as well. So it's like... Exactly. The, exactly. Race, the race is over. I'm on no the podium. Way. I can drink the champagne. Could you imagine? Like, I know, like, yes, you know, you, we all want to feel, like, sexy and yeah. when we go to the club and want people to, like, look at us and stuff like that. But, I mean, you know, if, you, if everyone only dated for, for pure appearance... You know, it'll be a very small percentage of people in relationships. It's just the gay community, no? <laughs> <laughs> Would you say you're on scene? Um, um, no. So I think I go, th- I go through like phases. I think I've got mm-hmm. a bit of a, I've got a bit of a, like a love hate relationship with the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I think I'm, I've, yeah, I think I've made attempts to try and weed my way in there. Um, it's funny you say that, really... weeding your way in there, because like it's. When I lived in, because there is no there. Like, yes, I'm not saying there's not a scene. There is a scene, obviously. Like, there are people who go out all the time and, and you see the same faces and stuff like that. But um, to to try to get amongst it and stuff like that, it's like to try to be in the pack, you know. It's so like, but but to what end? Then you're just, you know, in the pack. And then, and then if you stop going out, then, oh, do you lose your cool points? You know, it's like Black Mirror, you know. In Canberra, when I was at, maybe, I, maybe it's still the case, but there was only one gay bar. Uh, the Meridian Club when I when I arrived in 1999, and uh, and it looked like a static caravan. But anyway, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, like that. You in a way, it did feel like a club because there was only one gay bar. You know what yeah. I mean? So in, you'd see the same. Faces. You needed a membership. Exactly, and that the the city I moved to after that was Dublin. And that has a few gay bars. And I was just like, where do you go? Spoiled for <laughs> choice. Spoiled for choice. And then when I moved to London, obviously, like, there was, I, that kind of blew training. my mind because obviously you have these 
uh, stuff I'd only heard about. Like there was like the Vauxhall Club, which is apparently more hedonistic and they do these three-day bender events and stuff like that. Oh, they, ne- they never closed back then. This was back in 2005, six or whatever. Maybe it's changed now. Um, but I went to like the light, like G-A-Y late or... I mean, even the Astoria I didn't really go to. I went to like the little, like the, you know, the the gay bars that pretty much played just pop music and had the video clips on the screens around the... Yeah, something just light breeze. They're quite mainstream, not too threatening. So you can have a chat as well. Yeah, 100%. I, um, yeah, so I, yeah, I've kind of tried a couple of times um, and I, I think especially finding other, um, gay men to be friends with it's very tricky yeah I found that super challenging um, and I've probably only got two three maybe um, that's because we always sleep with them first you know just get that out of the so way that's when that's why you need to start befriending couples because yeah. then you don't do that <laughs> yeah well I don't know People, some couples are into that um, run run but, <laughs> but no we had um, we're, we're not so we don't have the energy sack of potatoes <laughs> sitting in front of you here but we had um, like when I was in um, oh my god you just literally lost my train of thought when I, when I was living in Dublin like trying to you know first be out by myself on the gay scene not knowing anyone yeah it is very difficult to to, to make gay friends and especially like if I met someone and had a laugh with them. I would like try to get their number and obviously never called and stuff like that. So it is tricky. Yeah. And I I think especially when I was younger, you'd go out and you would see people that maybe displayed a quality that you um, aspired to have. Yeah. So they might might have just, you know, actually just seemed really comfortable in their skin. They might have seemed really chatty, really confident. They might have just had a really great beard and you were like, I want some of that for me. Um, And just generally, I think... But don't you think it's good, like, do, do surely you've had situations where, because I certainly had in Canberra, where you'd, you know, you'd hook up with someone and it was all right, but you had a good laugh. And then you actually kind of make this silent, like, unspoken pact that, well, the sex thing didn't work, so we're not a couple, but. And then you become friends after that? Have you? No. You don't, yeah, no? Okay. <laughs> Literally never happened. No. <laughs> um someone I know who shall remain nameless, but I did marry him. He like often will like, we'll bump into people and he'll say like, Oh yeah, I dated them back in the nineties. Or I'm like, Oh, are there any friends you didn't date? But like um, I've never dated. I've never had a relationship. Right. Okay. <laughs> like, like a proper relationship. Like I, I remember I dated a guy and um, kind of at my first couple of years of uni. Um, and then Dated very well, then found out they like basically had another boyfriend who was also called Mark. Found the whole thing very strange. Oh, that's um, awful! For uh, for like a period of time, that was like actually I'm not going to count this anymore because I don't know how much of it was real, oh, <laughs> how much of, of it was just in my head. Um, very odd situation. Um, so that's yeah, that's probably the closest I've got. Like I've been on dates. Yes, but um, yeah, and maybe been like two three dates with people, but yeah, never had Can like. This is my boyfriend. Well, moment. well or well, this is my partner. If I think you know, you part. know. I think you know. Yeah. It's um, if you have to force it, it's not worth it. Um, I, I a client was telling me when I say client, I'm a barber. If well, if you guys don't know, <laughs> anyway, I'm not a prostitute. Uh, but he was saying like he used to go to this church and the pastor, uh, 
he had a, a spear, like a big monologue about relationships. And he, the way he divided it up was quite interesting. So he said 25% of the time in a relationship, you're really attracted to your partner. You want to like cuddle them or rip their clothes off. And, you know, um, another 25% of the time you fucking hate them. They <laughs> breathe too loud. You know, they, you know, leave wet sponges in the sink. And you just, you just you hate them. You just want to <laughs> leave them. Right? And then, the other 50% um, of the time, you're just kind of getting on with life together. Like, what do you want for dinner? Can you pick this up for me? Um, do we need anything from the supermarket? Like, literally just getting on with life, you know, together. And I thought that was giving yeah, up quite it's, well. It's, it's, like a, it's a teammate. It's like a partnership. Do you know what I mean? It is. Yeah, it, yeah it is. Absolutely. You know, I don't know what people... Um, I've always wanted a relationship. I remember growing up, like... <laughs> uh, one of the first cassettes I had was Whitney Houston's I'm Your Baby Tonight. Um, Stunning. Exactly. Stunning choice. How old are you, by the way? Um, how old do you think I am? No, I just uh, turned 30. Oh, So when you were like, I moved to Canberra in 1999, I was like, I was eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, no, I like getting older. I, I really like getting older. Anyway, but um, yeah, so the first cassette, one of the yeah, first whole album cassettes I got was uh, I'm Your Baby Tonight. Uh, by Whitney Houston and there's this song called All the Man That I Need and it's this ballad and you know big ballad it's like um, he feels me and I remember I used to do this and I was like eight at the time or nine and my parents had this stereo that had like freestanding speakers and I used to like put the cassette in it and pull the speakers out and lie on the floor and have one speaker to my left and one speaker to my right obviously I was home alone at this point I was left home alone a lot growing up by the way Anyway, but I loved it. And we're in a small country town, so it's fine. But uh, I remember putting one speaker to my left, one speaker to my right, turning it, pressing play and turning it on loud and just lying there and like singing it at the top of my lungs and crying my eyes out. Because even at that age, all I wanted was a husband. Oh, Isn't that funny? No, I think it's hilarious. But I was just I so really sure. Sweet. There was just no question. There was just no question. And it's quite funny because I I had girlfriend. Well, I yeah, I had girlfriends kind of going back to what you were saying before about when you meet someone uh, in a bar and you want you there's something about them that you aspire to when i think of the girlfriends i had in high school and there only were i think two maybe three but and at the time uh, i kind of more wanted to kind of just be not be them but i just thought that was so cool i wanted to be as close as possible to them and obviously that was to be their boyfriend um and often these things were organized by the friends around you not 100%. you know not you and yeah. them um i remember <laughs> i won't name her but i remember once because i hadn't kissed this girl the friends kind of got me there with her you know and say well kiss <laughs> they see that like, oh, okay so, so that. but and also there was another there was another girl um who I, you know, I still would want to be. She's cool. I bumped into her um, a few few trips ago. I went back to Australia. And uh, anyway, I f- just two two or three weeks ago, I was clearing out the cupboard and I found letters from her uh, from when we were in high school because she had beautiful, beautiful handwriting. And uh, in one paragraph, she was saying, uh, there's something I'd like to bring up. 
um, and it's a bit awkward. It's the touching stuff. It's the it's the affection of the re- the relationship. It's not you know not very tactile. I'm wondering like, I mean, do I, I feel bad even bringing it up and asking about it? Uh, and then in the next paragraph, she says, "How's your Princess Diana collage coming along? <laughs> <laughs> do you need? I can help with that." <laughs> I was so just like, "Oh gosh, surely one how, answers the other." <laughs> how aware and yet unaware can one person be? I know. I, know. Oh, I love that. But then when 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 we decided to call it quits, we became you know really good friends. I just love that image of you like lying on your living room carpet, blaring what he used to make a, a Princess Diana collage while your girlfriend rattles the door and you can't hear her. <laughs> no, I was eight when I was singing you're, that. You're just no, the, the girl, yeah, that the letter that letter was sent. I think I was like fifteen at the time. So coming of age, as they say, coming of age, as they say. But I, I've always been a bit of a serial monogamist. So I left, you know, I left school, went up, I had a short stint in hospitality on an island where I had one of my first experiences, but I won't talk about that here. It was fun though, guys, it was very lovely. It was like moonlit night, I was on the beach and everything, but I remember being so scared. I remember like violently shaking and it wasn't even that cold because it was just so thrilling. Anyway, but anyway, thinking back, it was very funny because the guy offered me uh, a management role for a hotel if I stayed. But the thing was, I was 18. I had no idea what I was doing in life. Imagine me. Anyway. Imagine so, you trying to manage a hotel. <laughs> no, it was so funny. Anyway. Um, but then, and then in Canberra, I went from one long-term boyfriend to another long-term boyfriend. And then, then I moved to Dublin. And I was only there for a year, so I didn't really date anyone. And then I went to London. I was there for nine months. And... Then I moved here. I met Arthur on the third day I was here. And voila, here we are still today. And I didn't really... In London, you'd think, oh, God, you could really go crazy and sow your wild oats there. But because I've always been a bit, like, uh, risk-averse, is that the word? Yeah. You know, uh, I didn't go to those hedonistic clubs that I speak of. or And I was always, like, a bit weird about one night stands because I didn't this sounds odd but I didn't really know my way around London because once I in Dublin I did agree to go home with someone unbeknownst to me they lived on a farm on the outskirts of Dublin and there was no way of me getting home anyway um, so yeah so London I really didn't uh, just don't want to get yourself in stressful situations exactly how the hell do I get home from here the tubes are closed what do you mean the tubes (laughs) are closed there was no tubes in Dublin um but I, yeah, uh, in London, um, I was also working in a fun but very busy salon and that had very long hours. Like, we, we never got out before 9pm. So it was pretty, like, it was a non-starter to, yeah. to, to start a relationship. So, yeah, so went back to Australia for three months and then ended up here. And here we are. But yeah, so I, 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 in a way, like, don't get me wrong, I'm thrilled that I'm married, but I, I, I wish I did date more. I wish I did kind of take more risks and see more people. You know? Oh, see, I think I'm over it. I think I'm over the whole dating thing. Yeah, you're only 30, though. No, but I'm super, like, I think it's that thing, it's like, I'm just not interested. I'm, yeah. I, I've super lost interest in. <laughs> what in, would you get you as 32 cats? You know, well, I've already yeah. got the dog. Like, I'd rather, I'd, rather, I'd rather get like a small pack of dogs, much more. But like, I like, 
yeah. what does a gay bachelor look like? Someone like really cool, and, you know, you know, you, you should start dressing you up in like, you know, couture or you know something that's on a, just untouchable. On a teacher's salary, what on are you a, joking about? You can make sew it up yourself. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> what did you do at the weekend? Well, between my Princess Anna collar, I was. How oh, dare you! I was knocking up a little ode to 1980s Valentino. <laughs> exactly. Because I'm a bachelor now and I've got time I, for this. Because I'm a bachelor now and nothing says bachelor like taffeta. Yeah. <laughs> he looks single. <laughs> looks like there's a reason that he is single. <laughs> but don't you go like to the streets or anything like that and give eye well, contact? Well, no, because I think. Obviously, everything's been shut for like the best part of two years. But I think you need... I think initially you need those people, that, that little group of friends, to go out with. That's bullshit. I feel like, I feel like I'm a lioness. I'm not going to go like solo lioness. Like a lioness needs her pack. Uh, like you need to go <laughs> on the hunt. Like let's go, no, find, let's no. go find some gazelles. Like you're not taking down a giraffe on your own. No, I think you should just go out and talk oh, to people. Oh, absolutely not. And also, surely someone as tall as you has that advantage. Being like a lighthouse, like I can spot everyone. You know, surely that's a, a massive draw card. No, absolutely no. not. I hate that. And I also... <laughs> you hate being tall? I, no, I, well, I mean, I'm not a massive fan, but <laughs> I, I hate insane. the idea of going out on my own and just like... Going, oh, okay. That's horrifying. Oh, to the point where like, even with like my best friends, who are all, um, who are all straight and very heteronormative, and um, a lot of them are married, some of them have babies... Like, even with them, like, and they're my best friends. And, like, I love them. I know they love me. But if they haven't specifically invited me out, like, I won't just turn up. Like, because I have this fear that you turn up to somewhere that you're not invited. And you have to have all crazy about, you need to leave. <laughs> I don't know. So, no, that's like so what like, we're talking even, about before. It's imposter syndrome. It's full You imposter are syndrome. allowed to be anywhere, my friend. Well, anywhere legal, obviously. Yeah. Um, Get out the ladies. Absolutely. No. Oh, God. No, no, no. I... I uh, I say do it, go out because oh, obviously no. I, in and Dublin I didn't know anyone, so I had to always go out by myself. London always by myself, but um, oh, no, yeah. But this support. is also this is back in the internet cafe days. So if I was like feeling nervous or bored or anything like that, or you know the the bars were quiet, you just go to the internet cafe, you know, rent a computer for two hours and just go on Gator. This is before Grinder days. And uh, what was quite funny as well, because especially in Dublin, the internet cafes, you'd walk in and you'd like, uh, does Gator still exist? Have you heard of it? I have no idea. Okay, so it was pre-Grinder. Okay, it was pre-Grinder, pre-phone app, you know, so it was a website that had chat rooms. So there was like, like for instance, here it would be, there would be Edinburgh chat and then there might be Edinburgh city chat and there might be even something specific as Edinburgh Broughton, you know. Um, and that's how and then you not can, that anybody here lives in Broughton <laughs> <laughs> absolutely uh, not and then you can obviously if you if you meet someone you can go to you know just start a private chat um, but yes, you'd walk into the internet cafe and like every third computer because it had like Facebook is blue um, uh, uh, Gaydar had it was like this orange orange you know, color, mm-hmm. uh, and and every every third computer was like orange, orange, and like sometimes you'd be chatting away to someone. It's like, oh, where are you? Where are you? And you realize they were in the same like, room four, as you. Four computers yes, down. Yes, I'm actually touching your foot right now. Yeah, just absolutely. And then you go for a drink. drink. Then you go for a drink. Yeah, I don't know. I think we're a victim of our own success with things like grind and stuff because you can do it from anywhere. You don't have to be out already. Or yeah, I think when it comes to Dean, it's just too 
easy. Like I think people are so disposable. Well, too much choice. Yeah, it's just so disposable. You should move to the country where there's less choice. I live in the country. There is no choice. Where do you live? Um, I'm, I'm absolutely not going to give those details <laughs> right now. <laughs> but you don't live in Edinburgh City Centre. I don't live in Edinburgh City Centre. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> How do you live? Uh, How do you uh, get things? Alone with my dog. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lovely time. Well, maybe you need to buy and get a flat here in the Edinburgh City Centre. I mean, Broughton Street is. Hoochin with gays. But like I know where they are. Like, <laughs> it's like it's like Pokemon Snap. Yeah, there's one. Exactly. There's one. Um, no, I was out actually in Glasgow last weekend with. Um, that scene must be fun. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't a scene. It wasn't a scene. Oh, right did you make really a scene? <laughs> I always make a scene. And, uh, <laughs> just by falling over. Just, just, I'm clumsy. <laughs> my brain's too far away from my extremities. Were you at the gym today? Like, basically <laughs> what happened. And uh, no, I went out to Glasgow with my uh, really good friend from uni, and um, she's just. Oh, she's just utterly cool. She's one of these people that you just always just think you're you're really cool. Like I actually kind of want to impress you a little bit because you're cool. So then something I do, if you think something I do is cool, then it's like must be cool. <laughs> you're cool. And uh, we went out and she booked a couple of places in Glasgow, and we generally just kind of wandered around the south side. Super gay. Like it, was, yeah. just, it just seemed to be gays everywhere. It was Pokemon Snap. I love those days that when you walk around, there just seems to be gays it everywhere. Like, there was gays everywhere. And. Um, yeah, and then we had this whole conversation where I was like, maybe, maybe this is so. Yeah, I was like, maybe this is what I need. Maybe like I should like rent out my house that I've got, and uh, go like rent a little flat in the south side of Glasgow. Just get a wee bit like fresh, like we change of scenery, blah blah blah. Because I think that so when I turned thirty at the start of June, I think that kind of spurred on this whole like midlife crisis, and. Um, Went and shaved my head. Quarter life press. Quarter life press. Oh my god! Do you think I'm making it to one twenty? Yes, with all the drugs. By the time you're a oh hundred, absolutely. No, but all the drugs. And, <laughs> and uh, when, um, yeah. So I was uh, shaved my head and was like, right, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm gonna go and apply for a job, and I'm just gonna go on an adventure. And I applied for a job in Hong Kong, and then um, didn't get it. Didn't get it. Although I did get offered a job at their sister school, which was in a city in China. Right. And then went and had a meeting with their principal, sat on FaceTime. Were you getting in trouble talking about this? Because surely someone at your work might hear this. No, they already know. <laughs> and um, had, had a whole chat with the principal of China and then was like, um, oh, then the conversation was, yeah, so by the time we get all your visa, all your paperwork in order, you probably won't get to come to um, come to China for about six to eight weeks. So we need you teaching from home for the first six to eight weeks of term. And I was like, oh, online teaching, really didn't enjoy that this year with COVID. Don't really want to go back online. And then it clicked that they meant online from my home to Shanghai. So teaching from like 1 a.m. to 9 a.m. And I was like, Whoa. I was like, for eight weeks, hell no. No way. Hell you no. give yourself jet lag. Oh my God, I would just die. I would I would physically die. Nah, it's not healthy. My mom would come around and be like, Mark, and I'd just be like, mm, it's dead. Yeah, and especially, you know, in our, the weather, obviously we're in summer now, you know, it's like, God, no way, you'd feel sick all the time. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So I, I but was, that's a very extreme thing to do. But I, I think, I think Are you over that now? Well, I, well I've got, got a personal trainer. I'm paying for him <laughs> okay. instead. Okay, China. To personal trainer, I can see how that can work. Yeah, because it was like, actually, let's just, I think I go quite self-destructive and it's like, well, let's just explode my life and let's go do something else. Yes. Um, That's not unusual. Yeah. I'm not, I'm really good with change. Yeah. See, yeah. I, I don't think I am. Every now and then, like, even through the first lockdown, I sold a lot of my photography gear. I think, yeah, I'm never doing photography again. 
And then I started getting into street photography and now I'm back to doing portraits and now I have to rebuy things. <laughs> anyway, so, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quite good at mo- I like I love moving country and moving house and stuff like that. Oh, so. see, I just, yeah, it seemed like a great idea and then it just terrified me and then it's not happening. Mm. And then it was like, right, well, actually, this summer is now going to be the summer of like self-improvement. Yes. And uh, get that little personal trainer on, yeah. get that little, little my fitness pal downloaded, but, lose those pounds. <laughs> but like, how are you, are you a morning training guy or? Yes, yeah. hate it. Uh, like, so what I, you hate training in the morning? No, I I hate training. But <laughs> why? Why you oh, have I to find, like? If you, if you hate training, you have to find something that you like no, doing. Otherwise, I find you're... the whole thing utterly stressful. But <laughs> I will sp- specifically go on like my little app and be like your gym, and I'm like, oh, I'll go on there, and I'm like, when's it busy? And I will pick the slot that looks like it's going to be the quietest day, and I'll go then. Which gym are you at? But what are people what are people follow me here? Oh, okay. I'm very indiscreet. No, no, no. A pure gym. Yeah, okay, so it's cool. a pure gym. So I'll go on my wee app and I'll be like, okay, so it looks like it's really quiet between like half ten and eleven or <laughs> ten eleven. Two a.m. Is it open twenty four hours? It is. Yeah. But I just look across the date and it always peaks like between like six and nine. Like, yeah. Like, and I'm just like, no, absolutely do not want to be there when that happens. I used to be part of a pure gym um, at Waterloo Place and it was very good because I sometimes suffer not suffer. I, it's, I have very odd sleep patterns. Um, I do get a, I do get eight hours, but it's often broken up, you know, two four hour slots. Um, and so, some I used to go to the gym at like two or three in the morning, and it's quite interesting because there would be people there. Yeah. Like usually they like, you know, um, people who work in services and stuff like that, you know. But uh, it was good company. If you ever get lonely, then like just go to the gym at like two in the morning. Oh, absolutely like not. Absolutely not. But then I think Waterloo Place especially is, you know, that's quite a nice area as well. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. qu- quite a lot of expensive flats. Like you're not going to get... <laughs> knifed at the gym. Yeah, you're not going to get knifed at 2 a.m. in Waterloo Place. Um, but no, it absolutely terrifies me. No, you'll, you'll hopefully get into it once you start seeing results and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I've been and going also, to the gym on and off for like five years and I yeah. still hate it. And it's a yeah. pure confidence thing. Don't, is it? Yeah. What do you think about... Um, if someone was to tap you on the shoulder and and say, I- I've just been watching you and there's a, I'll show you a better way of doing that, a stranger. Um, oh, this is going to sound super, like, super vain and shallow. I would 100% judge what they looked like first. Oh, I'd be no, like, no, absolutely. I'd be course, like, do no, you no. look like, no, you know what you're talking, like, I, like, I said this, my friend, I said, like, I, if I, when I was getting a PT, had to be a male PT, then it had to be somebody that I found aspiring. To yeah, him. something physically that I was like, like he knows what he's doing. Like, mm-hmm. like good job, well done you. Because um, although actually, um, yeah, I'm sure there's lots of fantastic PTs out there. I needed some. I think there's this thing in my head where I need to want to impress you, I and there's there's a little bit of pressure there to be like, not to muck around. Whereas yeah. if possibly I'd been there with a younger girl or a woman or an elderly guy I probably would have just chatted had a bit of, a bit of banter whereas yeah. because you're there with this big massive ripped power lifter huge <laughs> bodybuilder guy and he's like you need to lift this I'm like yeah I do yeah I'm gonna I li- want to show you me lifting I'm gonna lift this all day because um, <laughs> I, was, I was I was at the gym yeah I don't remember but there was I was, I was I'd finished training and there was a, a guy he must have been 18 and uh, he was trying to do this uh, yeah, movement, this exercise that involved the bench at an incline, you know, so it, it's got like chest supported row type thing. And he was trying to figure out, 
I could see I could see his train of thought because he was pick up one weight and he's like, well, how do I reach the other weight? And, rah, rah. and then when he finally literally balanced <clears throat> onto the bench at an incline and he had his knees up on the bench, I was like, okay, there's like four things that could happen right now and you would fall over because he was also quite tall. Yeah. And I was, so I felt like I came home and I said to Sabrina, I was like, should I, like, if I see him do it again, should I just, maybe, I don't know. But I don't want him to be like, fuck off. <laughs> well, no, so I, do, I just don't. Because, because the, it's funny because what I, I had to teach myself things like, I know it sounds really, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> terrible, right into the mic. When it comes to confidence as well in the gym, um, it is things like, I know it sounds silly, how do I pick up the weight? Yeah. You know, like people who had been training from, you know, all their life with sport and stuff like that. If you're, if you're new to being in a gym, it sounds silly, but how do I pick up the weight? Or when do I breathe? You know, these are yes. really, really basic things, but it's the things that it took me ages to... Because I remember asking PTs, like, when do I breathe? And, like, and they had to think, like, I guess you breathe here. And it's still not a natural thing. Like, sometimes I'm like, when do I breathing now? But so, like, for instance, for that um, incline chest-supported row, I literally have to, like, pick them up. I have to crouch down on the ground and then pick them up and have them in my hand and then put them up to, oh, yeah, it's just, but there's a safer way of doing it. But I was like, oh, should I stop him next time? But yeah. But I think that's exactly why I went and got the PT because actually I've got one uh, friend who's super into the gym. He's very, very good. Um, and it's obviously working for him because he looks great. Um, and he kind of took me to the gym. Yeah, probably about four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. And kind of showed me what he was doing. And pretty much since then, that's all I've done. Mm. Like over and over and over again. And then when I went to, the, and I think obviously from that initial him being like, oh, this is what I do, this is what you should do. Um, like, you know, I've, like my techniques maybe changed a little bit or I've slightly adjusted the movie, but I've been doing it in like increments. Yeah. Whereas I'm not just about, oh, I'm not going to do that, I'm going to do this instead. But all these movements and lifts and things he's taught me, I've slightly been obscured and changed. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, when I went, so with this PT, like I think what I've been doing hasn't been great, but I've not been getting the results that I wanted because generally well, it's been three weeks, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and but generally, my um, my technique was bad mm. for the last four or five years, mm. and he's like, well, actually, well, you're doing this, you need to be tensing this and doing this at the same time, and I'm like, oh, I was just I was just lying here having a great time lifting things. Yeah, like, no, yeah. Absolutely. You need to be clenching your shoulders together, clenching your butt together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And. Uh, and then I'll get halfway through the exercise and I'm just like, I've lost count because I was concentrating on clenching my butt. So you yeah. need to tell me how many I've done. <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's where we're at right now. Um, and has he written your program? Yes, I've got a full program. Oh, that's um, I, we're taking it step by step. I don't know a lot of the exercises that are no, on the pro- like, I don't know what they are. Um, so we've been through, we've done an upper body session. We did a lower body today, which is why I'm stumbling about the place and can't walk. <laughs> and uh, so now I've got a full upper body session that I know how to do I know how to do properly and yeah. I've got a lower body session that I know how to do, know how to do properly yeah, and then yeah. next week we'll do the next upper body so it's a slightly different session yeah no yeah. there's always YouTube if I don't know an exercise I just you know, go on YouTube gym etiquette question for you go on I am um, had an experience yesterday so I had been on a machine and there was two machines that kind of face they're like back to back yeah. in the middle of the floor so I was on one side and I was using it because I was waiting for the other machine. And I need to do both, but usually on my program, I meant to do the other side first. don't think it matters yeah. too much. So I'm there doing this machine. I finish up, the guy's still using it. So I was like, right, I'll go and do this other exercise nearby and I'll just keep a wee eye on when he's done, I'll jump on. 
But five, ten minutes later, he finally finishes up and I get on this machine. I've done one set and with this, because proper PT program, I need to do two warm-up sets and then three working sets. So I'm yeah. here for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. And I'm halfway through the second set. This guy comes over to me and he's like, you're going to be long. And I was like, well, yes, because I've got another, got another four to do. And he's like, all right, goes away for about a minute, 30 seconds a minute, comes back. I'm just going to wait. Is that all right? And I was like, yeah, but I've st- I mean, at this point, I've still got three more sets to do. So I can come get you. No, no, I'll just wait. And then he just stood. In front of you or behind but, you? So just at my shoulder, just here in That's my periphery. That's weird. Weird, right? Well, it's weird. And, I was, and it was also like a, it was a, it was like a roll thing. So I was yeah. like elbowing back and I was like, I'm going to end up clipping him. But it was um, also just like, why are you standing? No, that is very odd. No, no, he was Don't weird. Do especially, that. yeah, especially that you did offer to go to yeah. him. Um, Shh. Uh, you did offer to 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 go and say, say no. I I I'd understand. Um, yeah, you did, yeah, he's right. Absolutely, like to say how many sets you've got left. Um, I say that, or and even how much rests I have between. I go, I've got three sets with a minute in and a half in between, or three minutes in between, yeah. whatever I'm doing. But um, I yeah, I would never wait next to someone. That's so just weird, doesn't really it? And also, there's got other things to do. I'll I'll never forget. I was um, with, there's only two benches at Nuffield where I go and but there's like four squat racks and there's what I mean by that there's only two bench press benches right so what's the whole thing but there's loads of free free standing benches and there's four squat racks so those those racks you can actually turn into a bench yeah just slide a bench under it yeah Yeah, so I was on one bench press bench and um, next to me uh, there was two lads you know uh, spotting each other and there was this couple, a guy and a girl, and uh, they came along and they're like, they just started harassing these guys, saying, you guys are going to be ages, you're being too long, rah, rah, And they're like, oh, no, we've got only two more sets to go. <clears throat> and I I stood up to just say, is there a problem here? Which is hilarious, because, you know. But they went away by that point. But then we just, and I said, I said to the guys, I said, they could easily, you can wheel a bench into one of the racks and then that becomes a bench press. Yeah. So that guy that was waiting for you, he could have done any other he, movement he, that's a row thing. Surely he could thing. have done anything any else. Other, exactly, there like are when, other movements. percent like I was in the exact same situation five minutes previously, I just went and did another exercise kind of nearby and kept my eye open. Yeah. Like, it is don't this, be a it, douche. It is this shit that does make people lose confidence in gyms. Just, you know, it's just, just uncomfortable. People just can be odd. And then similarly, earlier on in that session, I had done exactly what that thing where I went to the bench press benches and there was a bar missing. And at this point, I didn't know, where, I didn't know that there was spare bars on a rack on the other side of the room. But there was huge squat racks and there was a bar on one of the squat racks that mm-hmm. wasn't being used. So I went over and I said, I'll just take this bar off. I'll use it on this bench press here. Went to the bar off and it was in the squat rack. And two guys came over and just climbed into the squat rack beside Like, we're standing in the area beside me. And I was just like... That is weird. So what weird. is this gym you go to? And I was like, I was like, okay, so even if you've assumed that I'm not going to be using the squat rack, why? Like, I could be about to use a squat rack. Why are you now kind of muscling? And I, I was like, I take it you're... you're wanting to use this then and they was just like mm. so I just left the bar and I went away and found another one but I was just like that I is, could have been using the squat rack that is so why would odd. you do that that's weird that is weird gym etiquette people it's gym super etiquette. important <laughs> just because you've got big biceps doesn't mean you can just wheedle your way around my equipment 
<laughs> Isn't that the point of getting me? Maybe it does. <laughs> and on that note, um, <laughs> well, thanks for the chat. Oh, uh, anytime. Anytime, anytime. Love it.